Hey, future ghosts. I'm Araya. And I'm Steen. And this is a show that uncovers what monsters might be lurking in the shadows. Or which could simply be hiding in plain sight. This is Immediately No. It was good. <laughs> Whatever, whatever's on the beyond. I think it's going to be more like Star Trek beaming me up into a space vehicle. Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. Hello. We hey. are live. Justine, we're we, live now. We're live. We we love, baby. We are back. We wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to kind of throw out a little scary, scary, spooky, you know, story episode. Uh, we feel like you guys really responded to that, and we're having fun doing them. So I think we might throw a couple out here or there. Yeah, uh, we reinvented the way that we do our research and all of that fun stuff. So we're gonna kind of take it easy, and then next week we are going to start with the weekly episodes again. So yeah. Yeah, look out yeah. for uh, everything that we have planned, and we'll announce it. So, time for some some scary. Bring in the scary. Like, let's like like a candle. Set the mood for the, the spooky stories. Shut all the lights off in your house. If you're driving, uh, keep your eyes open. But other than that, let's go. Well, let's go. Let's freaking go. I am going to start with a a short one, but it's very cool. I don't know if you've ever heard about fairy rings. Justine? No. No. Like little little flower circles that you're not supposed to step through because people think it's like a dimension, especially in uh, like Celtic countries. Interesting. I just think of like midsummer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Is it? Okay. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I sat in the middle of a fairy ring and this morning I saw this weird entity in my room. A fairy ring has been growing in my backyard around my tree. I know the lore behind fairy rings. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see if it's legit or not. I sat in the ring of mushrooms for about five minutes before I got bored and got up. Nothing happened. This morning, I wake up and notice this black mass just chilling in my room on the ceiling with multicolored lights, kind of like a spider. It was there for about five minutes just hanging out which just so happens to be coincidental with the time frame I sat in the fairy ring. I figured getting abducted abducted by the Fae is better than having a 40-hour work week, LOL. (laughs) So I have a couple of these. I have a gnome story this week, uh, and I'm very very excited about the gnome story, but I thought a short fairy ring circle, one would kind of (laughs) warm us up. Yeah, I. uh, (laughs) the thing with gnomes is that well, some people are like super obsessed with them, but I don't know. Uh, I think like in a cute way, but some people don't realize like there's a lot of creepy gnome stories. So I'm kind of excited for you to read that. I Yeah, the Kel- the Celtics, I don't know if I've said this before. I feel like I, I have because I, I just repeat myself over and over again with like the same niche facts. <laughs> but like Celtic cultures think that fairies are demons, like it's the equivalent they're very very scary the equivalent of demons that's actually kind of sketch um yeah i'm gonna right. read the next one while you while you pull up yours or do you have it i do have mine i'm ready to go oh okay uh, so th- ready okay <laughs> this was a terrifying night at my favorite haunted house it was 2000 and my mom decided to take me my brother and one of my school friends who was staying the night on a spooky drive without my dad we started at the Vale Mansion and parked, the, parked in the lot and we would walk around the house grounds at night. I was walking ahead with my friend, talking and giggling, approaching the front of the house when we heard a tree frog croak. Then another tree frog answered from the trees. It was dark over there. Then the front tree frog croaked again and the one in the tree answered. <laughs> I'm glad they know. Uh, my mom, who was several paces behind us, called out girls and electricity electricity shot down my spine her voice was filled with dread and immediately i stopped turned back to her 
She waved emphatically for us to get back to the van now with her other hand raising her finger to her lips, hushing us. We ran quietly. Mom floored it. She whipped around to the front of the house. There we saw a man dressed in dark clothing crouching behind the bushes at the front and a man in similar gear leaning against the tree we had just heard the croak from. My mom drove so fast I thought we were going to crash. She explained to us that she noticed that the croaks were identical and figured out it was a recording of frogs, not a real frog, and knew we were in danger. She called the police once we were safe and a good distance away, um, and she had some time to calm down and think. But to this day, I heavily question the validity of natural sounds anytime I hear them repeated, answering one another. I listen for variances in different tones and melodies before finally letting my guard down. Um, well, a new fear unlocked. Um, yeah. <laughs> actual men just hiding in nature, making nature sounds. God, anxious already. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm already. I'm very paranoid. I every time I walk up to my car, if I'm at a grocery store, I always look underneath it from a distance. I always check the back seat. Yeah, those, those are. It's it's just ingrained in my brain. New fear. It, I'm gonna check under my car, but I always check the back seat. I'm I I check my shower curtain. When I, go yeah, I check my shower curtain. Too. I think I got I that one from back. it, but you know it's fine. I left my sliding glass door unlocked the other day <sighs> for like ten minutes, and I was downstairs. I was like, "Well, I have to check the whole entire house." Yeah, so. got to sweep. We got to do a sweep. <laughs> got to do a sweep. <laughs> Which is funny because I like had the thought. I was walking up to the closet. And I just thought, I was like, if this guy's in this closet right now, what the fuck am I actually going to do? Yeah. Like- <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I've like literally gotten like one of our guns. And then I'm like, really? Like, would I really shoot them? And I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to ever find out. So would I hesitate? Who knows? Yeah, okay. my little bit. So my next one, and, and I just want to remind everybody, we get these off Reddit and Tumblr, but we do ask permission and we do get it even if it takes a little bit of time, but yeah, we're stocking up on these by the way. So (laughs) (laughs) this one's called the Baker boy. When my mom was a little girl, she spent her early years in a remote area of Mexico, no electricity, no running water, and definitely no air conditioning due to so many people all living in one small house. It wasn't uncommon for her and a few of, of her other siblings to sleep on the porch. Yes. You heard that right. They slept on pallets outside. She recalls that it was actually much cooler some nights on the porch than it was in the house. The porch had a screen that my grandfather installed, and he also built their house by his own hand. The closest neighbor was miles away. So from my understanding, the house was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And this is where the ghost story begins. My mom and three of her other siblings were the lucky ones who got to sleep outside every night. They never had any problems or fears until the night the baker boy began to come around. A small child with golden curls dressed in a white baking attire, wearing a mask that was a real skinned pig. He would walk in circles around the house, reciting a certain phrase that my mom never really understood because it wasn't in Spanish or English. At first they were scared, but over time they grew to appreciate his presence. It was almost as if he were walking around the house to protect them from whatever fate that had happened to him. They never knew who he was or if he was even real, just that they would all see him. My grandpa never believed them and assumed that they were making it up to come inside the house, but they swore that they weren't. It wasn't until over time, it wasn't until over time an outline of his path began to show around the house. Needless to say, they didn't stay in that house very much longer and moved before they eventually made it to the States. The strangest part is that my grandpa, before he died, he told my mom that he'd finally seen him, the blonde boy with the pig mask. Oh, fuck that. It's disgusting. And then I looked at the comments and... The pig mask. Somebody asked if the little boy was speaking Latin, like they do in Catholic mass. And it said that either way, pigs symbolize something evil or cursed. Right. So, and the fact, and then I, I want to add too the fact that it's a child, anything that takes the form of a child, you just <laughs> absolutely fucking not. It's, uh, it's never not. a positive sign. Yeah. It, it's no. never a positive sign. 
So how about, let me just, before I dive into this next one, uh, if you saw our story the other day, I, I was, listen, I was just laying on my bed across my bed on the phone with my sister and I heard a very distinct meow. It was very, it sounded like right next to me. I thought to myself, could it be from outside? But I like live on the second floor and I just, it just was like one meow. And my dog was laying next to me and she didn't react. So we all know where my brain went now. However, I did not tell Araya. <laughs> I told her immediately. I was like, bitch. And she was like, nah, good luck with that shit. And so Ryder, my dog, who never has to go to the bathroom ever, like she can hold that shit, wakes me up in the middle of the night because she has to go to the bathroom. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I went to bed like a little bit early. She wakes me up in the middle of the night because she has to go to the bathroom. So I take her outside. It was fucking 330 I didn't realize it until after. Oh, in the morning when she woke up? Yeah, and had to go to the bathroom. And the same night I heard the meow, I was like, fuck out of here, bro. And honestly, Ryder's such an airhead that I think even <laughs> if you did have, like, a demon in your house, she'd be like, dude, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> How no. long you been here? I just moved in. You want to fucking throw my rope or whatever? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did want to share you know. that with you guys. <laughs> you know uh, that, like, your house is haunted. If she's ever, like, wagging her tail and, like, bringing toys to something you can't see. I will immediately move out um <laughs> <laughs> all right i do have i do have a scary story so let me get let me get to it so it happened yesterday just a few minutes after 10 in the evening i was walking home with my friend we chose to walk our dinner off and talk about random stuff then ride the transportation and it was a fairly good choice we've done this a couple of times before and the area near our neighborhood is generally a safe safe place no crimes reported whatsoever we decided to take the streets we decided to take the side streets other than the main road since we thought there isn't a higher risk of criminals holding us at gunpoint taking our value, valuables and or kidnapping us and driving out with no one witnessing it because people don't stop they just keep going can you tell that i have anxiety this is where my brain goes anyway the neighborhood we were walking at has huge houses with driveways most of the houses there have cctv cameras but the thing is we didn't expect the streets to be nearly pitch black the lighting was poor the houses from either side of the road were too far from each other and the first corner lot happens to be empty space with no lights the moment we stepped onto the street, it felt like our screams could easily be drowned by the silence. But I brushed it off thinking, nah, it's a safe neighborhood. It has to be. We were in the middle of a conversation, me speaking, when my friend, who's an energetic jokester, suddenly stopped walking. Just, just a dead stop. She neither laughed nor joked about what I was saying. Instead, she whispered to me in a tone I had never used her, heard her use before. Is it just me or is the man behind us been following us? I didn't dare to take a look, maybe because I was trained to not look at the person you and your friend is talking about. It's disrespectful, but I was also afraid to see his face and like maybe scream. Whatever the case, I kept my eyes at my friend who, on the other hand, stared at the road next to me. I darted to where she was looking at and saw a man riding a motorbike at a speed slower than a bicycle. He was looking right at us and I shit you not. When I saw him looking over to our direction, my heart raced. I was on an instant flight mode, but my feet, our feet remained frozen to the ground. It's different when you're in a situation you mostly see on crime documentaries. I could have easily yelled at the protagonist to run when they kept their ground, but it's harder than it seems. He's driving too slow. I managed to respond and my friend nodded. When we entered the street adjacent to the main road, I already noticed him. He maintained his speed driving behind us the entire time. It sent shivers down my spine, and we both knew that this man is up to no good. When my friend was about to take a step forward after that man crawled past us, I stopped her. Even if he technically isn't behind us, I was still suspicious of him. I was trying to come up with a reason why he's driving at a speed a runner can easily overtake while looking at us. My friend and I threw assumptions here and there while we observe him drive past us at an agonizing speed. Maybe he lives in one of those houses, and if so, then he'll park his bike inside the driveway and then we'll know. Yeah, makes sense, right? Then we should just wait for him to enter his house. So we waited, standing firmly on the sidewalk as we both stare at his back. 
But he took a t- he took a sudden turn. Ugh, I still get chills by typing this. He drove his bike over the sidewalk approxim- approximately 10 houses away from us. In this perspective, he has literally lived a block away. God, none of us were speaking, but the silence between us was loud. Loud enough to hear others, please. Please open the driveway. Park your motorbike. Shut the gates. Never leave. But he didn't. Instead, he moves the throttle and flattens his feet on the ground. Then he twisted his neck to stare at us as if looking at luring us that it's not his house or that it is his house. Sorry. And she's oh. like, <laughs> wow, I, just, I mean, either way, either way, it's terrifying. Yeah. If it's not as luring it his us house. that it was his house. <laughs> I stared at my friend. That's not his house. I don't know if it's a friend thing, but sharing one brain cell, man, instant reaction. We, we knew what each other was saying without even having to say it out loud. Because without speaking, we both turned our heels and briskly walked the opposite direction. It was the longest fucking street I could ever imagine. I didn't want to look back to check if he was following us. I cupped my ears because I couldn't imagine the engine of his motorbike echoing on the empty street. He was like a shadow I can't let go of. I could still feel still feel him looming over us even if we try to distance ourselves from him. After we turn a corner, we plan to make our next move. That is when we saw the bus. Luckily, as we met at the main road, a public vehicle passed by and he never saw us get on the bus. However, oh my gosh. Yeah. She said, however, I will never walk down that street again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely. I do have a really <laughs> scary story about walking down some sketchy streets uh, with my friend Ash, where I... Yeah. don't leave my house past like 10 p.m so i'm never in a sketchy walk-in predicament Mm-mm. fortunately for me that's good yeah i i look back on some things and i just think wow how did i never get in any kind of like terrible <laughs> it's just like who just allowed yeah. me to do that but you won the the woman lottery mm-hmm. all right so my next one is from reddit it's called truly the most terrifying experience i've ever had which is a great title (laughs) okay okay (laughs) so one night my wife son and i went to stay over at my wife's parent parents house it had gotten dark and my son about two at the time got sleepy so i decided to put him to bed let me try to explain the room to you because it's relevant for later the door opens on the right side of the room Immediately to your left is a light switch, and the queen-size bed is just beside that. It's a small room, just big enough for the bed and enough room to walk around the bed. The wall in front of the bed has a window. To the left of the bed is a closet with with those weird accordion doors. I'm laying in bed with the lights out, with my son who is laying his head on my arm. He finally falls asleep, and I just lay there for a few minutes to make sure he's completely out. Then out of nowhere, I get this horrible feeling, goosebumps, hair standing up on my neck and arms. It was such an evil feeling. Have you ever got goosebumps up your scalp where it feels like your scalp is shrinking? I did that night. So bad, in fact, it literally felt like someone had a hand on my head squeezing it. I was genuinely scared. Not so much for me, but for my son. Somehow I knew deep down that if I turn away from my son, something bad would happen. I thought if I could turn on the light, I could grab my son and leave the room. So where I was on the bed, I could just barely reach the plastic bezel thing on the light switch. I was afraid to move because I knew if I did, this thing, whatever it was, would get my son. His head was on my arm this whole entire time. So I finally chanced it. I jerked my arm out from my son and turned on the light. It honestly took a split second. When I turned back to grab him, he was at the bottom of the mattress like something had pulled him from the top to the bottom in a split second. I know he didn't crawl down because he was fast asleep. So I grabbed him up and we left the room and slept in the front room that night. Something evil wanted my child and that is truly terrifying. No. I bet that hits <laughs> I bet that hits different for you because you have kids, but Yeah. No. Well, yeah, minor Mine are the goblins and trolls and ghouls that <laughs> they are your other worst children. fears ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they are the monsters. So that live inside. And of truthfully, you. I don't think they're afraid of anything. 
also right behind you is a flower ring thing did yeah. you yeah did you see yeah, that no okay Mids- midsummer is one of my favorite movies yeah no i love that movie yeah we've oh, talked we've yeah. talked oh, about the this. flower ring uh, the but fairy yeah the ring. flower the fairy ring that's what i meant to say the yeah, fairy yeah, yeah. ring yeah yeah it's it's kind of cute um i was gonna say i i have an experience postpartum after i had my first son clayton Ugh. i um i would have dreams about a woman with really long black hair like nightmares where she was like crawling on my ceiling, all of this. And I was, I was very depressed postpartum with my first. And it got to a point where when I would, when I would walk past a mirror or anything that would reflect, I like swore to God that I would see her for a split second. Or when I'd open and close the bathroom mirror, it, when you could see down the hallway as you open and closed it, I, I swear to God, every time I'd open and close it, I would see her for a split second. No, and that's yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I went to the metaphysical shop and the lady was like, girl, you need to go see your, uh, <laughs> your doctor. And I was like, no, I'm actually okay. But I did get on Zoloft and I did feel better. But <laughs> no, thank God. But I, I do know. think it was connected. I, I think mental health and, and paranormal is connected. So I think when my mental health got better, I was a lot less vulnerable. I can see that. Um, speaking of paranormal, I think I do have a ghosty ghosty one. So, mm. or whatever this is actually let's see so my mom moved into this old house on the edge of town a few years ago we would go visit her my siblings and i every few weekends the house was creepy on its own it was built on a small hill during world war ii so it had a bunch of those small closets and crawl spaces you know the kind of harry potter closets and the things that you see in the movie twister or you know whatever those are called well when she first moved in my grandparents helped her clean up the overgrown yard it looked like a scene from some kind of scary movie, but in it, they found old headstones with nothing on them. They also found a well in the basement. Absolutely not. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, wells are a big no. Yeah, no. Apparently it was for drainage. Weird things kept happening in the house, like the doors locking and unlocking without anyone going through them. For a while, we thought we might have an intruder. Nothing had been taken, but that was a rational fear that we could have at this point. I was very into witchcraft at the time, and I would use the basement as a space to do that. Oh, one night I was down there mixing some oils together. Uh, modern day witch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Essential oils. <laughs> Young living. One night I was down there mixing some oils together when I needed something from the kitchen. When I walked up the stairs to grab it, the door leading upstairs was locked. Thinking it was nothing but a practical joke, I called out to my mom to unlock it. I called and called, but I got no answer. I then started to call out for my brother, who eventually did come unlock the door. Real funny, Mom, I shouted through the house. Mom isn't here, my brother told me. She's been out shopping for a few hours. I then asked him if I was the only one, if I was the one who, oh my gosh. I then asked him if he was the one who locked me in the basement, but he said he hadn't either. Annoyed, I told him that I was tired and I was going to bed. I told myself, the same not wanting to admit it i was freaked that i was just gonna not go back in the basement tonight a few days later my siblings and i were just hanging out in the living room when we noticed my youngest sister violet staring up at the ceiling fan and laughing no nope when my brother asked her what was so funny she answered the people up there were are getting hit ha 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 they're getting hit what people i asked the kids up there she said, pointing to the fan. They're swinging and they're getting hit. My brother and I looked at each other somewhat horrified and decided it was time to move to a different room to hang out in. A few other st strange things have happened in that house. Weird dreams, a few of us waking up sleepwalking, things getting moved around the house, and doors constantly getting locked. My mom ended up moving after about a year of living there, but I've always wanted to go back. P.S. My younger sister has autism, so this, this story is 100% true. <laughs> I love that's funny. I uh, love, yeah, I love the credibility because <laughs> it's, it's true. It's so it's true. true. That's so funny. Um, it, it, there's so many like mundane. So when you hear about like scary, ha spooky stories, like paranormal things like that, it's like movies make it so theatrical, and it's like some of these things are just mundane things that that people like this story some of that shit scared the shit out of me like 
imagine you know that no one locked like the door is just locked and you you're the only one home like who locked the door or just yeah i think they're not as scary when you're reading other people's but yeah i i read i read something about a study that said that like 80 percent of people have experienced something in their lifetime that they can't explain oh, and i thought that sure. was fascinating and i found a thread on it on reddit i'll probably read it when we do another one of these because there's a there's a whole lot and i want to organize it a little bit better but i do have another one okay i do have another one so i personally i'm like so fascinated by what pe- what you would call shadow people mm. i think they're very interesting uh and and from what i understand not all interactions are negative like they can be and and if you've heard of like hat man or any of those things he's constituted as a shadow person and i want to do a hat man episode at some point because whoa but this one's called i think i made a deal with some kind of shadow entity when i was a child Oh God. I know the title. I know. <laughs> I know the title sounds like a no sleep, but hear me out. As a kid, I suffered terrible abuse to the point that I was nonverbal for a year when at when at home. My mom raised us U.S. militant Christian. You were God's soldier fighting evil. You were God's soldiers fighting evil on earth type of stuff. I prayed every night for it to stop, but I felt and still feel like God didn't care about me. So I remember for begging for anything to help me. Then it did stop. My meth head dad took off and my other abuser refused to come even within eyesight of me. I started to see a shadow person around that time. And unlike all of the stories I've ever heard, he had eyes and that they looked like voids of uh, molten silver, like there's just no end to them. I was never afraid. I always felt better, safer when I saw it. I saw him every day multiple times. My little brother did too, but he was never afraid either. When I was in a safe scenario again, I didn't see him so often, just occasionally when I was upset. The weird thing was, is if I ever was genuinely curious curious with someone or they hurt me physically or emotionally, I think he meant to say furious because <laughs> it's not tracking. <laughs> if I was ever genuinely curious slash furious with somebody or they hurt me physically or emotionally, they would start to avoid me as well as if they were scared to be around me. Years later, when I was in my 20s, my best friend and I had a huge falling out. We made up months later when we both had time to collect ourselves and she told me that she saw him. He would be in the corners of her room, but mostly in mirrors, always standing behind her. She said that she felt like it had somehow connected to, connected to me, and that was affirmed because after we made up, she didn't see him again. My life is so much calmer now, so I don't see him often, but if I get scared or start to go off the deep end in my mania or depression, I feel him, and it soothes me. This doesn't sound like any shadow person I have ever heard of, but that's what he is, or I think so. He looks like a tall man with silver eyes and as dark as the woods at night. I'm just wondering if anybody else has heard about anything similar or seen anything like this before. I am just so curious as my Google foo is weak sauce and I can't find anything about experiences like this. <laughs> I fucking, I love Reddit, dude. I love, like I, know, I try I to, some of those stories are like I should probably read it to myself before I read it out loud because or read it out loud instead of just to myself because sometimes I want to like just read it how I feel like they're saying it and writing it because it's in like their words and just how they have it and it's so funny but uh I don't know it would just make me laugh yeah yeah because they 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 do such a good story where the storytelling's good and, and it's all so great and you're like man you should write a fucking book and i want to do it and then justice like, dead ass dead ass for real on god i saw a ghost at the <laughs> yeah. <end."> oh <laughs> it's reddit yeah exactly that is reddit to a t uh i do have one that i actually all my other ones have been more crime kind of things um other than the spooky house but i do have i have one that's it's called a true story that you might not want to believe. Stay tuned. My dad was driving me home from the airport in Baltimore, Maryland. It was raining and traffic was slow, so he started filling me in on anything I had missed between visits. It wasn't so much that I cared about the goings on 
of a Baltimore suburb so much as the awkward, gentle settling into the familiar rapport between a father and daughter who haven't seen each other in five months. At a stoplight, he randomly mentioned that my cousin Blaze, who isn't really my cousin, but I have about 75, so what's one more? And my uncle Max, again, not my uncle, but I have 12, so who cares? They were at Disney World. That's cool, I had replied. Blaze was a seven-year-old little boy who was hyper-intelligent, so even though I was 12 at the time, we got along pretty well. Blaze was taking high school math. Hold on, seven-year-old. Blaze was taking high school math and science classes. However, this random mention struck me as odd. While Blaze's family was wealthy as hell, they didn't usually leave their secluded mountain estate. They had everything that they would ever need on top of this mountain and then some. The size of this cabin they lived in, y'all, it was a mansion. Each of the trees building the walls were multiple feet wide. I was told that the trees were trucked in from Alaska to the East Coast where they lived. To top it off, the whole family was comprised of the nicest, sweetest, smartest, most compassionate salt-of-the-earth people. That's a statement. Super down-to-earth. Somehow, despite the fact that they were all geniuses and lived in this incredible Taj Mahal. Or Log Mahal, as my dad would call it. I remember getting lost in the house. Anyway, my dad had gotten weirdly silent, like this was a bad story. What's wrong? I mumbled in confusion, glancing up. I had been connecting raindrops on the cold, foggy window. Before this weirdly happy, not happy story had started, I had been watching the puddles split, spray over the tires in the street as the wiper swished back and forth at the red light. Now I was just staring at my dad with my fingertips stilled on the window. Dad stared straight ahead, and I knew this look. He was contemplating whether he was going to tell me the truth. They took Blaze to Disney because he went through some scary stuff, he said vaguely. I guess they wanted to take his mind off of it. What kind of scary stuff? Like a bully at school or something? I thought that maybe someone was picking on him because he was only seven years old, probably acing a math class meant for 17-year-olds. Genius brains don't come with genius social skills, after all. I had no idea how wrong I was. Well... One night, Blaze kept telling his parents that there was a monster in his room. He started. He kept screaming and crying and told told them that he was having bad dreams. They just made him go back to sleep. My dad paused, pulling away from the intersection. I could tell that he was probably regretting telling me this, but he was committed to telling the story now. We were a family of storytellers, after all. And... I craned forward with my eyebrows raised, and they finally went in there after the third or fourth time and turned on the lights, and his bedsheets were torn up. His legs and feet were scratched and bloody. My jaw had dropped. Dad, however, didn't even look up from the road. It turns out some creature, a badger of something. He shook his head, blinking in disbelief. Maybe a wolverine, whatever it was. It had chewed through the back door, destroyed everything in the kitchen, and snuck up into Blaze's room started biting his feet and legs, and every time he screamed or his parents came in the room, the thing would hide. Oh my god, did Uncle Max get it? Well, yeah, of course. He ran, got his gun, found it in the closet, and annihilated the damn thing. Said it was just vicious, snarling at him. He flexes his finger over the wheel and sighs, shaking his head. Holy shit, what do you even do after something like that happens to your kid? Well, apparently you go to Disney World. And that is the one story I will remember until the day I die. Blaze has apparently gotten over it. He's studying to be a surgeon now, and you'd never know from his photo that he went through something like that. And there's a photo of him, but, um, wait, I love how this family just doesn't talk about it after, but also what the fuck? But they did take him to Disneyland though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but what? I faced a lot of horrors in my life and I've never got a Disneyland trip out of it. Well, but what would be like a tall animal looking thing that would do that like what oh dog man i i mean <laughs> so many things you can go on dude dog man is definitely <sighs> he dog man's one of my favorite cryptids and we'll okay. definitely talk about him i don't know if he's real i don't know i don't know if any of this is real i'm just here for the good times i know ghosts are real i like ghosts but <laughs> that's we'll good talk about we'll talk about dog man yeah we'll talk about dog man <laughs> at some point um all right this is the gnome story. Ooh, I fucking love I fucking love gnomes too. I think gnomes are might be real too. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This one's called I saw gnomes creeping around my garden. When I was 7, I woke up in the middle of the night to steal some biscuits from the kitchen. 
Our kitchen is right beside our conservatory, which is a big open window, which allows you to glance into the garden. While eating, I heard some chatter from outside. Curious, I went to go peer outside the window. I saw three little men in red pointy hats outside in my garden, bickering amongst themselves in a strange language I had never heard before. I was so stricken with terror, I dared not to speak. I ran to my parents' bedroom to tell them about our intruders. My dad was reluctant to believe me, but he could see that I was obviously shaken up by something and came downstairs to investigate. They must have heard us coming because by the time we got to the conservatory, they'd already pegged it and were running through the back (laughs) gate. (laughs) My dad caught a glimpse of them too, but he only saw their pointy little red hats. I've never seen him look so scared before or in complete disbelief. I decided to write this now because my father has recently brought this up and asked if I remember. I'm still completely baffled by the whole thing. And then in the comments, um, <laughs> this guy commented said, in old Swedish folklore, it's it's for the elves. Okay, so the first comment, I forgot where I heard this, but I'm sure it was on the internet. I heard that in the northern countries in Europe, it is a superstition that you shouldn't dump hot water out the back door at night for fear you might splash it on a gnome or something and burn it they were afraid of of it retaliating for it and this guy responds and says in old swedish folklore it's for the elves or if in northern sweden uh the vitterer if there's a light mist out in the fields or the forest the elves are out dancing and you should shout a short warning before dumping hot water or taking a piss outside otherwise (laughs) they'll cause trouble for you and your cattle (laughs) uh <laughs> you and your cattle okay dude your cattle so i i mean <laughs> you guys take that advice you you take and choose what you need from that I but cannot. but yeah gnomes are gnomes are cool i i think <laughs> they're my boys they're my fucking boys well gnomes i have are, a gnome tattoo cool. you do gnomes are cool i do yeah i love it See? oh my yeah. god i love it okay She's down with yeah. the shits. I'm uh I'm Swedish and Danish, so I am very well versed in, in the folklore. And gnomes are very fascinating. They're seen as like protectors. Okay. I can roll with that. I can respect that. I mean, they're cute and they're fat and they have little hats. Hey, how about I read this one? Uh it's kind of long and maybe it could be our last one. However, I think, you know, it's called the shadow figure, the one that you look at in the corner of your room. And that just kind of like was a little too relatable, you know, like, you know, those memes where it's like you (laughs) the chair with a pile of laundry. But in the middle of the the night, it's just like that your sleep paralysis demon (laughs) sitting in a chair like you just everything looks different. So I have two things that I like cannot stand for. It's shadows in the corner of the room and it's anything peeking its head over a doorway oh no like like those two things are my biggest absolutely nots and i and i live for this shit like you mean like peeking into the like into the frame like peeking over like peeking over something i can't do it i don't care if you're shy just come say fucking hi (laughs) yeah oh dude that is one of my top for sure like uh even and another like too my anything that one scurries of my, away that's good but i my number one thing and this isn't even just like paranormal or anything like that is just fucking windows at nighttime like if you don't have blinds or like curtains and shit and like it's just open windows that shit freaks me the fuck out one time i lived <laughs> in west virginia for like a year it was the worst fucking year of my life because i'm born and raised in new york who goes to fucking west virginia anyway i lived in the middle of the woods and my house was like all glass in the front that was the scariest shit of my entire life i have some good photos for you i'll send them to you yeah in the middle of the night <laughs> no can you just imagine something <laughs> popping up anyway uh and rant. or like you go to look out of the window and something's already like staring into the house that is my fear dude i mean for real <laughs> i'm so my window is open now, but i'm on the second floor and it's really light outside but 
glad that we uh talked about that i guess i can get into the story because it's it seems to be kind of intense they they drew like an entire map of their dorm uh just to prove like this point so i might share that actually on on our instagram but this one is the shadow figure in your dorm room go back to college university days you spend ridiculous amount of money but you're excited you walk into your dorm ready to greet your new roommates all as well That is until a shadow figure inserts itself into your already stressful life and makes a mess of things. Not a pretty picture, right? Well, that happened to my best friend and me, me being Mikey. We agreed that I'd tell it from my side because the ghost, whom we call Gus, pestered me the most. Not really sure why, but there you have it. Trigger warning. There will be mentions of depression, a bad dream which involves an animal being harmed. Don't worry, I do not go into detail. And uh, I think that's about it. So... To start off with, what exactly is a shadow person? Honestly, I haven't got a clue. There's a lot of speculation about what they are. For example, this article claims they may be beings from another interdimensional plane, aliens, time travelers, or even something that we're not entirely sure how to define. Although I'm not sure why something of that magnitude would be interested in my friend or me, we're just two two regular old pals trying to live our lives. That's what Array. Yeah, Gus and Mike. Yeah, that's yeah. what Array and I are. Two regular old pals. The other <laughs> the other theory the article says is that these shadows represent human spirits that are simply lost on this plane. The particular theory is interesting. That particular theory is interesting because Evie regularly sees shadow figures in her room. However, what we dealt with in college is in fact a shadow person, not a shadow figure. So there's a discernible difference, believe it or not. From my understandings, shadow figures are the lost spirits and shadow people are, well, (laughs) I'm not really sure. But the article goes on to explain they are in fact demonic in nature, simply due to the dark thoughts often experienced by those who encounter them. This sentence there, although highly unnerving, is what I'm leaning toward. And you'll see why as I continue on a little bit. But I wanted to read you part of the article. Another quick thing I need to mention is that the college we attended was over 100 years old. It actually celebrated its 100th birthday when we were attending. There have always been rumors of a few suicides, but nothing has ever been confirmed. I searched for any articles about deaths there. Nothing came up. There aren't even any ghost stories, which is like pretty odd, not going to lie. I mean, this place is like old and haunted, I would assume. The only thing I could find was a Reddit post, shout out, (laughs) a Reddit post made a few years ago asking if anyone had heard of anything. Shocker, no one knew anything. All right, well, one last thing and I'll finally begin this rest of my story. There are two residential buildings on campus, one that houses two people per apartment and one that houses four. Evie and I stayed at the four person one. Here's a poorly drawn floor plan since I'm too lazy to type it all out. And it helps those who can't visualize like most of us can. I think it's called Amphantasia. You can read more about it somewhere else. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means, but she did draw a... I can uh, look it up right now. A-P-H-A-N. Okay. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. A-P-H-A-N. T A S I A. Okay. It's the inability to visualize, otherwise known as image free thinking. Oh. I can't even imagine that. And, yeah, no. So that's and why she And then the drew. second one is <laughs> amphitasia type of autism. Oh. Okay. Well, let's. I'm going to see what they're talking so, about. I'm going to keep reading this story. <laughs> maybe they're. Yeah, maybe they're. Maybe they're connected. Uh, we'll find out but there is a whole shadow person in this um photo uh so i'm just pretending it's not there if you look closely you can see the mirror which is an integral part integral words integral part of the story that mirror made it so you could look into both rooms one particular night evie and i were playing cod yes i fucking knew we were them and eating the usual (laughs) pizza i suddenly had this urge to look over at the mirror and want to know what i saw something that closely resembles this it's a giant um shadow figure with eyes minus the white eyes Oh, okay that is pretty much what i saw staring back at us it was only for a few seconds but i could see a black mass watching us from evie's room The minute it saw that I was looking at it, that thing skirted behind the door, which is where I initially saw it. 
Now, a fun fact about the doors to our rooms. There wasn't any space for something to wedge themselves behind them. It wasn't feasible. I wasn't entirely sure what I saw, but I related to Evie, who was a little creeped out. I offered for her to sleep in my room for the night, but she declined. I don't think she fully computed what I had said because she merely shrugged it off. So we carried on with the night like nothing ever happened. Fast forward a few months. It was actually the last two weeks of the year, and poop hits the metaphorical fan. My mental health had taken a downward spiral, so I was skipping most of my classes. I preferred the confinements of my dark, dank room. My sleeping schedule was also messed up, so I wasn't even awake when Gus struck the first time. Evie said it was around 5 a.m. Monday when she suddenly woke up from her slumber. There above her was a floating black figure. It took her some time to register what she was seeing, but once she did, Evie just rolled over and pretended it wasn't there. Obviously, she was terrified, but she was also way too tired to react, and honestly, she didn't know how to respond. On Tuesday, I attempted to pull an all-nighter to try and regulate my sleeping schedule. I managed to stay awake until at least 9 p.m. before I passed out. When I tell you I was dead asleep, I mean it. There could have been an explosion next door, and I don't think I would have even woke up. This night, however, something woke me up. I felt a disturbance in the floor, sort of speak. I cracked my eyes open, which were still quite heavy from being utterly exhausted. I glanced over at my phone, which read 11 p.m., and wondered why the hell was I awake. Something was shuffling outside my door. I knew it was Evie and I was going back to sleep. But again, something deep in my gut told me to get my lazy butt out of bed and investigate the noise. So I begrudgingly pulled myself out of my warm bed and threw open my door. Evie, who was just finished washing her face, glanced up and saw me standing in the mirror. One thing you should know about me, I always laugh when I scare someone. It's just what I do. So I cackled when I saw her nearly jump out of her skin. However, I sobered up pretty quickly when I saw the genuine fear in her eyes. Evie doesn't scare very easily, and at least not like that. Sure, she'll jump if you startle her or something screams at her during a swaddle. <laughs> Waddled? <laughs> Swaddled? Something, uh, or if something screams at her during a scary movie or something. But this, this was pure terror. I'd never seen this on her face before. It even scared me because I'd never seen her look so afraid. Once Evie saw it was me, she calmed down and told me not to do that. I could tell she was rattled and I asked her what was wrong. That's when she told me what had happened to her literally five minutes ago. She first told me what had happened on Monday. Gus apparently enjoyed doing that because he was floating above her just like before. This time, however, in addition to hovering above Evie, he also opened her bedroom door and closed it and did the same thing to her closet. By then, Evie had noped her way out of the room and was washing her face to calm down when I strolled out of my bedroom. When she finished explaining everything, I peered into her room, which was shrouded in darkness, very ominous. I know, but it was like I could feel Gus staring at us. I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. There was no way I was letting my best friend sleep in that room after what she'd just gone through. I offered up my bed, which she happily accepted, and that was that, right? Nope. Nope, not at all. Now, I'm a Christian. Not a very good one, mind you. <laughs> but that night, after tossing and turning, I love that. <laughs> after tossing and turning and being unable to sleep, I could feel how angry Gus was. Not a very fun feeling. So I carefully got out of bed, grabbed my Bible, and hugged it. <laughs> Me. <laughs> then I sat next to the door to my bedroom and prayed that the big guy would send some help. I wish I could explain the dread I had while praying. It was almost like suffocating at that point. But at this point, any atheist is probably rolling their eyes. But you have to realize I was scared out of my mind. Besides, I'm Christian. It would be uncharacteristic of me to not pray for the sake of this story. But regardless of your feelings, something hurt my calls for aid. The dread and anger vanished and the room was filled with beautiful peace. It was honestly indescribable. Evie, who is agnostic, she even felt it. Someone or something heard my call for help and they helped out. We were able to somewhat sleep peacefully that night. However, I ended up skipping classes again and sleeping all day. I went to bed around 10 a.m. on Thursday and woke up at 4 p.m. the next day. Jeez. I have never slept that long and hadn't slept since this happened. I woke up feeling highly disoriented, but that's about it. Usually when I sleep for longer than 9 or 10 hours, I feel thirsty or hungry. Not that day. I woke up feeling perfectly fine. It was like I had lost an entire day. I wasn't walking around or anything like that, but you must admit that's odd. The cherry on top, I had a pretty disgusting dream. 
Actually, I wouldn't even call it that. It was a nightmare. So my name is actually Mikey. It's a shorter version of the name my folks would give me if I was a boy, Michael. Well, I go by my nickname, which is the name of the animal, funnily enough. (laughs) Funnily enough. That's a weird phrase. For the sake of the story, (laughs) let's say it's crow. In my dream, I was lying in bed. I couldn't move or talk. On my chest was a crow. And well, let's just say it was violently killed. I was forced to watch the entire thing, too, and I woke up feeling nauseous and obviously disoriented. I also remember one more thing. While sitting up and trying to shake off the excess grogginess, keep in mind I was fully conscious, just a little out of it. I was looking up at the corner of my room for reasons unknown. Maybe I was especially fond of that corner? I don't know. I saw this, I don't fucking know, black black thing phase through the damn wall. Like it was <laughs> Harry in, at the train station. For some reason, I was like, huh, that's odd. Anyway, and carried on with my day. I'm pretty sure that was Gus letting me know that he was still there, but I didn't care enough to acknowledge him. It's almost done. <laughs> After that, the weekend passed by without any incident. Although, c- come to think of it, I don't know if I actually mentioned what happened to me and Evie. I told her about the dream, but not uh, what mentioned mentioned evie what had happened her dream um i told her about the dream but not about sleeping for more than an entire day regardless the last thing gus did was hover above evie again this time around she was so exhausted from the whole week she just rolled over and ignored him after that we never saw him again at least i don't think so for those wondering if we ever contacted someone about this we did we contacted local ghost investigators but they got back to us they, but they got back to us the day I was leaving for an entire year abroad. So nothing really came of it. Another thing I forgot to mention, we lived on the 13th floor and our roommate's door number was 1313. Come to think of it, I should have mentioned that, that way in the beginning of the story. Their names for the stake of the story are Sue and Joe. They had a few weird things happen to them. Items moving, odd sounds in the middle of the night, but nothing to the extent of us. But yeah, that was the beginning of it all. Well, the beginning for me, sort of. I'll tell that story at a later time. Anyway, hope you enjoy this story. This story. Stay tuned for more. And um, she goes on to post like more of uh Oh, she said, tune in for more. I mean, we've been trying to get rid of this ghost, so there's bound to be more stories. Um, I don't know what you meant by that, but hot take. I think Gus is just a frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, my thing was like, what if it was just like an attachment? Because obviously she was the it didn't happen to anybody else but them, you know, and then it was like, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like to get a frat boy to leave your dorm, it like takes the power of God. So, you know, you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> but yeah, prob- maybe an attachment. Yeah. But- I don't know. That was really long. That was really long, but that's okay. We are at 52 minutes. I have to pee so badly. Justine looks nice. She's going to go get some drinks, birthday drinks. Yep. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. We have a cool one next week. Back back we'll to the schedule. All. Back to the schedule. So, all right. Peace out, guys. Have a good week, everybody.